This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> Gutterball. Hey, not bad, Brad. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah? I'm feeling good today. It's a beautiful fall day. The air is as crisp and clear as a cracker. As a baby's bottom? And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I... Um, you sound a lot better this week, I gotta say. I'm only coughing every 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, that's good. So that means maybe about five coughs. Right. It'll be a far less disgusting episode this time. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, I'm feeling a lot better. I was feeling pretty horrible even yesterday still, but today it's like, you know, you gotta do gutter balls. It all aligned. Earlier today, man, I was feeling really down. <laughs> Lost a little bit of money. Uh, there, I did blow my nose a little bit, though. It's fine. Um, I can hear your stubble scratching the microphone. Thankfully, the listener is not subjected to that, but I kind of like it. It's, it gives a sense of realism to the whole thing. It's that Colverite style. It's as if you're right here in this room with your face rubbing against my ear. Maybe it's not so great after all. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's do it. Just, I, just you got it. some. Let's start by pimping shit. some shit. Pimp the shit. Pimp the shit. We've had a huge outcry. Huge for Gutterball's merchandise. I think we got the. Uh, you know, we kind of uh, inflamed people's passions a bit with our T-shirt giveaway. A roaring success. I sent yes. them out. Yeah, I, I actually, just before I hit record, I um, heard a rumor that perhaps uh, a, a listener by the name of Scotty McDee may have gotten his shirt. No way. Really? He got yeah. it already? I think so. Wow, Scotty. Congrats, man. Well, you know, that's what happens if... You know, it requires minimal effort, really. It, don't, it took three years, but... yes. But Minimal that was, effort. you know, but but now it's going to actually take a bit more effort. A bit more. A bit more. Actually, less effort, just more money. <laughs> yeah, more money. But that's also <laughs> part of the whole spiel here, right? Because you this, know, this is so our gross. third year doing this podcast. This is when people, you know, do this, and then you got to listen to it, and then you just skip it. Right. But, you know, it's short... And it's sweet, though, at the same time. Right. We have um, some delicious Gutter Balls merchandise available. Pretty delicious. Pretty good. Um, we have some nice uh, Lebowski-related stuff, as well as some Gutter Balls-specific stuff. I think you really want to check it out. Um, How do they get there? Well, if you go to gutterballs.tv yep. slash support... Is that our website? That is our website, gutterballs.tv. And if you go to slash support, we made it easy for you. Just go right there. 
that will uh, redirect you over to our store at uh, Redbubble, where we have... Uh, what do they expect to find there? Well, you'll expect to find some t-shirts. We have Shit. we have some... Uh, I'm going there right now, as a matter of fact. You'd think I would have had it up. But, you know, I, I, I sometimes uh, uh, manically close windows. But, well, yeah, we got some, some, some t-shirts. We got some uh, two-inch pigeon shirts. <laughs> now, Brad, what if they wanted something like, I don't know, say like a throw pillow, for instance? Yeah, we have all that. That's what's so great about this uh, print-on-demand craze that's been uh, sweeping the country for the last uh, 10, 15 years. We have it all. You want a two-inch pigeon <laughs> on a throw pillow? On a tote bag, on an iPhone case, you got it. It's on all a, here. On a onesie for your infant? I think it's pretty age-appropriate. It's good for all ages, really. We got women's relaxed fits, women's fitted V-necks. Could have a two-inch pigeon on that. Pencil skirts, leggings. <laughs> we got it all. But we're not just two-inch pigeons. We have our, our Gutter Balls logo. We have a... Uh, you know, I don't know if I want to ruin yeah, make, all yeah. the surprises. Don't ruin all the surprises. But we have some Lebowski's-related stuff. We have some great, uh, you know, uh, Lebowski, um, you know, if you're really interested in his private residence, we have some great uh, materials related to that. So check it out, gutterballs.tv slash support. So if you go, it just because takes that's you. it helps also support us. Well, and a that's fraction the of the proceeds goes to us to kind of offset some of the costs that uh, we have incurred to offset like zero point five to zero point seven two percent of the costs. Exactly. It ain't cheap putting this on. It's not exactly expensive, but it's not exactly cheap either. I didn't say it was expensive. Right. Well, I was just clarifying for the <laughs> listeners. You know, I'm done with the listener thing. It's the listeners. All right. We Granted, can do that I like now. the listener because it makes everyone listening to it think like we're talking just to them. Well, that's kind of why it's nice. But at the same time, maybe you want to feel like you're not alone out there. You're, you're part there, of something bigger. There's more than one listener to this podcast. It took us a while, but it's there. I would venture to say there might be more than 10 listeners. We're getting up there. Could be. And I know all of them want some Gutter Balls merchandise. Well, I think like... Gutterballs.tv slash support. I think my... Also, if you just go to Gutterballs.tv, there's a link there for right there to the store also. If it's too hard to type slash support, Gutterballs.tv. Well, right. Click Is it a forward store. slash, backwards slash? Yeah, these slashes get all confused. HTTP colon... Forward slash backslash. Is that a forward slash or a back? I can't tell the difference between a forward slash and a backslash. Me either. I would say it's pointing. It, it could point either way. Right. But we are a left to right and a down to up as far as forward progress goes, right? You're moving from the bottom up and you're moving from the left to right. But one, so is, going, but one is going backwards. So if it's going backwards, what does that mean? It's a backslash. Yeah, but I'm saying, if you're saying it's going backwards, maybe then it's going left to right, or is it going right to left, but just doing that backwards? But it's going down, then. 
But it's not a down slash or an up slash, so. No, but, you know, left to right, You're giving up. the primacy there. The, I'll give you the whole left to right argument, but ups and downs, fine, I'll give you that argument, too. You win. <laughs> YPs and Ps. <laughs> you win. You know, my favorite product, though, before we move on, because I'm here at the store also, is, uh-oh. Um, actually, I just clicked on that link. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, luckily, this isn't actually posted yet. You clicked on the link to store? Yeah. it's. I get a 404 for the store. Uh, evermore. My butt is sore. That shouldn't be happening. Works oh. for me. Fuck! This internet stuff is hard, man. Maybe you're on the wrong internet for the store. Do you have a special internet just well, for you the have store? To, well, well, I'm on the right internet, obviously. Maybe you're on the wrong internet. I don't know how to get to any other internet. I'm not some... It's all industry jargon, man. I don't know this stuff. All Any, right. I have I'm it. done. I'm, I, I know. Yeah, that problem will be fixed before this episode goes out. No problem. What problem? I don't even the know. The problem with your 404. I know what's causing it. Great. So I'm going to send you this link here. This might be my favorite um, product we have to offer. Okay. Take a look there. And uh, <clears throat> hang on. Wait, did you see that? I see your link. I'm looking at it right now. So I wish I would have ordered these <laughs> earlier We're because, God damn it, Camilo, we told you to wear fucking pants next time. Hey. <laughs> no, you didn't. Didn't you get the damn message? No, you, you didn't. didn't. You, I'm hey, here. I talked to you. You said you were going to order these things. These are gutter balls about, leggings. We talked about the leggings. Yes, we did talk about the leggings, but I, you know, you didn't I, don't look, I don't look good in them. You didn't even order them. I'm going to. It's on my list. You're free balling here, dude. Come on. Why anyway, wouldn't, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? It wouldn't be a visit by Camilo, though. That's right. Without the, a little bit of uh, testicle action. Good to see you, boys. Good to see you, boys. I was going to mention the leggings. I'm Good very impressed by the gutter balls leggings, and I Good urge to every, too. <laughs> every listener to, to buy two, one for yourself and one for that special someone. Expedi hey, the holiday season's coming up. Who needs Expedite a, that shipping. Who right? needs a gutter balls deep cast logo across their crotch? <laughs> Everybody. Who doesn't? <laughs> That's right. So here we are. Camilo, it's been a while, man. I've been out. I've been busy with shit. I got a lot of cases. I'm investigating a lot of things. I'm just sort of, you know, keeping my eye on you fuckers. Yeah, well, you know, we need some some balls, eyeballs on us, I mean. Um, <coughs> any uh, any good compere information? Any good, uh, you know, like a brother Seamus stuff you can share with us? Anything good? The good PIs do not share information. I'm not telling you guys shit. I know what you're up to. Put it out there on your internets. I think you say... Listeners. I think you say, fuck off, Bradham, and stay away from my special lady, my fucking lady friend. Well, that's what dude says. Uh, you wouldn't claim to be the dude, would you? No. Different class. So, it's your lucky day. Yeah. You're here for this episode. Uh, 
Tell me where you are. <sighs> where are we? That's that's so a big is, question. Yeah. Where are we in the movie or just where are we? Like metaphysically, no. psychologically? In the movie. Oh. Oh, that's oh yeah. The the listeners. Listeners. Believe it or not, this is episode one oh nine. One oh nine. Which is not one hour and nine minutes into the movie. No, it's an hour 48, right? Right. Hour and 48 to an hour and 49. Right. Yeah. And this is actually the uh, most... This is a very poignant minute. This is a very, very significant minute, I feel. It is. I know we say that a lot, but I really... This is a minute... Un- I'll say at the very least, this is a minute unlike any other. I, we say that about a lot of minutes, but not for the same reason that we're saying it yes. about this minute. Usually I'm, there's something funny that like some one liner that's singed out there or like something absurd. But you said poignant. And I think that's the that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, there is. So this. So in the past, I've talked about the gut punch. Yeah. Right. So like um, there was the whole. uh the Jesus showed up. That was like the gut punch, right? So that was when it was like, okay, I'm watching this movie. It's very entertaining. But then all of a sudden the Jesus shows up and it was the gut punch where I was like, okay, this movie has just transcended being just somewhat entertaining into just so insane. I've been punched in the gut. Right. And there were a couple of those. And I also talked about the part where, they go to do the handoff, and uh, Walter throws the ringer, but then he like jumps out of the car, and the Uzi's going around. It's that whole sequence, I right. think, is such expert comedy. Expert filmmaking, expert comedy, 15 MPH. Sorry, Gomeo, 15 MPH. And, uh, yeah, that's a gut punch. This sure. is not... This is kind of like a gut punch. I can't decide if this is a gut punch or if it's maybe the opposite of a gut punch. It's like a gut retraction. Right. Not to say that it undoes a gut punch, but it maybe maybe this is a someone has latched little um little grappling hooks into the flesh of my stomach and have pulled it out outward. So rather than being punched inward, I'm now pulled outward by this. But again, it's this moment where I'm like, okay, I thought I kind of understood this movie, but now it's just went into a, a whole different place all of a sudden. Yeah. Just very briefly. And there were little hints earlier on that maybe this movie was going to take more of that um, right gut pull turn. Like when Walter in the beginning of the movie's pointing the gun at Smokey's face, like you didn't know, like... Maybe he's going to shoot Smokey in the face. Right. This you movie don't know. Could, yeah. Like we've talked before, you know, uh, the, you know, their previous movie was Fargo. Right. So is it like, okay, is like the dude going to end up being put in a wood chipper by the nihilists? Right. Is that how this ends? Or maybe just as Johnson after they cut it off. Like, right. Maybe we're going to see a really graphic male nudity scene of yeah them. some Lars von Trier-esque genital mutilation could suddenly come into play yeah ah oh, oh, you had to say it rusty scissors Brad and yeah, it's Peter Sarsgaard both times right is that right he's the same actor the wood chipper actor and the nihilist in the movie 
No. Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Stormare, yeah. Uli. Yeah, the nihilist. Yeah. Yes. Is also so that, the wood chipper guy. the second guy. time he put someone through a wood chipper. Right. So, because he was the wood chipper guy in Fargo. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he ground up Steve Buscemi. Correct. So could, they could have just recreated that scene. The nihilist grinding up uh, Donnie into a wood chipper outside the bowling alley. Well, like maybe Uli. <laughs> Maybe Uli has a like a part time job at the mortuary where he, you know, they don't actually incinerate anybody. Those are just cinders from their fireplace, and he's got a wood chipper out back of the mortuary where he, you know, disposes of the bodies. Peter Stormare was also in a Lars von Trier movie. Oh, jeez, which one? Not Dancer in the, the Dark. Oh, with Bjork. Bjork's in that. But yeah. I uh, yeah gut wrenching. I'm done with those <laughs> Lars von Trier joints. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm like one third of the way through uh, Nymphomaniac. One or two? <laughs> well, one third of the way. If you took Nymphomaniac one and two, the director's cuts, <laughs> and combine them into one long piece, I'm about a third of the way through. So I'm like most of the way through part one. So you kind like of bounce three back quarters and forth. of the way through part one. Do you bounce back and forth between them? Do you start at random points or are you? No, I'm, I'm working through it chronologically, just a little bit at a time. Is it repetitive? Whenever I got an extra moment or two, <laughs> like I'm sitting in the, you're in a meeting you know, the line at grocery at the grocery store. Like I'm in a meeting and it's kind of boring. I'm like, let me just uh, bring up this, uh, you know, the, these this 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 little footage of genitals touching. <laughs> it was Is largely it re- done with stunt genitals, though. Yeah, it's usually stand-ins. Well, it's know. a combination of stand-ins and then, but they CGI'd it. Did like they? they composited it? So it actually looks like you know Shia LaBeouf is actually doing whatever to whoever but like didn't they just use stand-ins for willem dafoe and what's her name in antichrist well it's a combination of stand-ins and prosthetics and then also you know advanced visual effects to kind of composite it all together because there was penile insertion in that movie that is true but that, he was that just was warming up there not that was not willem dafoe's penis i i, I assume doesn't CGI go against the philosophy of Von Trier's film school, which I can't remember the name of? Dogman ninety seven or whatever it was called. Yeah, but he had a, it's his style of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. What? No, I know exactly what you mean. There was that movement, and it was he. he so he, I think CGI, he's kind though. of come all the way around because originally, yes, originally he had this man. There was this manifesto, and he was one of the chief architects right. and some right. other. Realism was signed on to this where they wouldn't use any kind of like artificial lighting and they wouldn't use that. It was like this total verite, this total like super realistic style. It was like all you should really do is buy, you know, a a video camera from Best Buy and just go. And that's all you need. If you're doing anything more, you're being so artificial. You make me want to puke. Right. (laughs) That was his that was his point. And granted, there was some weird avant-garde shit made in that style. But no, he because like, if you watch, for example, his newer stuff is the opposite of that. It's like insanely oh. stylized. So okay. again, a man of extremes. Gotcha. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I hold him in high regard for that. I just can't watch his shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can't make Melancholia without a pretty huge dose of CGI. Right. And it's not just, yeah, the CGI. Again, very stylized. The right. Artifice. Filled the, with the artifice. lighting. It's almost, but it's almost to a point of like, yeah, it's like you're watching a, you it's know, like, like a Renaissance painting. It's just like a really penis filled 300 Rise of an Empire. <laughs> Well, I guess that is 300. Well, hmm. bad explanation. Penises flying through the air. (laughs) Sweaty, oiled up penises. (laughs) Rusty scissors and aborted fawns. So what's the name of this film school? I'm trying to find it here. It's called (sighs) Dio Dogma 95. Right. D-O-G-M-E 95. Dogma 95. I don't see this anywhere in his Wikipedia page, and they haven't lied to me yet. Um, Have they? Don't make me come over there. <laughs> uh, That's where I get all of my information. It's, it's there. If you look at the Dogma 95 oh. Wikipedia page, it says the major figures. Gotcha. Number one is Lars von Trier. Sorry, I'm surprised it's not mentioned on his. Well, it wasn't in his early life and education. It was after career. Uh, Everybody knows that. Yeah. It was him and a bunch of other Danish directors. Right. New cinematic cinematic movement. Yeah, he gave that up pretty quickly, didn't he? I don't know about quickly. Well, what was he doing it for? Four years? Five years? Oh. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Well, it all depends, right? Well, does it? What does it depend on? Well, I mean... Make a good thing. Who cares how you make Beatles, it? Didn't the Beatles in their entire, like, career span about five years? Seven. Seven? 60, so close 63 to 69. Right. Because Let It Be came out in 70, but they were already done then. It was recorded so already, in 69. Right, already recorded. They just re-released all of those uh, recordings in mono. You can get them remastered in mono. Finally. Really? Yes. Beatles what? in mono. I have never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's better. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, you youngsters. <laughs> you youngsters. Tell us, Camilo. Tell us all about it. Uh, that's we listened to the records originally in mono in the 1960s records and uh yes they were big plastic are you trying discs. to say records nope they had these vinyl discs called records you've seen vinyl don't ask heck like you haven't seen vinyl are you having a stroke are you trying to are you really trying to say records <laughs> oh you youths of today <laughs> you just don't know you don't know the thing about mono is it puts things in different channels in, in your ear. So there's like, in fact, today I was someplace. Uh, Stereo. What are you talking about? Correct. I was in the, the great California tortilla and, uh, and the song Michelle came on and you could only hear the, uh, the music. Paul's vocal. <coughs> right. Paul's vocal was in the other channel. Right. And, Cause you were in the front of the place and the other speaker was in the back of the place or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't think their other speaker was working. So but it enabled me to sing that part for the patrons in the restaurant, which I'm sure they enjoyed. That was your lucky day again. Perfect. Anyway, keep going. So we, we haven't talked about Beatles and Mono in probably 80 episodes. 
Right. It's been a while. We've talked about the Beatles and mono. Maybe we've devoted maybe three or four entire episodes to that. (laughs) So maybe it's time we come back. We can revisit. We revisit this. I had no idea you guys had already hashed this out in extension. Yeah, it was kind of a little inside joke that you weren't in on. I see. Yeah. But but it's in it, but really none of but I few of our listeners have listened from the like that regularly that would even get it either, I think. So that's Probably. why it's time I think as a public service we talk about the Beatles and Mono again. Sure. Let's do it. Or maybe we just leave, I don't know. Do we really want to do it cuz this is going to be like an hour gone. Well, I mean, I wasn't joking as as far as I know like they just released maybe it's been a while i don't know but the complete recordings in mono like this happened not too long ago what happened in um or maybe i just heard about it well so that's doesn't seem like that long ago but that's a while on like yeah in well in 2009 there was a big beatles like a big beatles push it was like the date 9909 you know, I took advantage of that date with a lot of nines in it. Number nine. Yeah, they, that's when they released. They like released the Beatles albums on iTunes. I think. No, was I don't. That, no, that was more recently than that. I think you're right. That was more recently, but they released the remasters of everything. They released Beatles Rock Band. <laughs> right. right. They released. Box, various box sets, one of them being the Beatles in mono. Yeah, I thought there's. Which, looking else. right now, a quick Google search shows you can get it from Target.com for $256. Almost worth it. Almost worth it. Because the Beatles in mono is. It's good enough for them. It's good stuff. Well, <clears throat> because, like, as Camila was mentioning, how. He went into California Tortilla. They're playing Michelle, and you're only hearing half the song because the Beatles were, they straddled this kind of divide between mono and stereo. Right. Um, like, it was a new novel technology, especially when they started. So most people were hearing it in mono, listening to it on a radio, listening to it on a, a record, it was mono. So mono was the version that the Beatles worked on it's how they mixed they were like oh look this is this is our mono this is our album and you know it was just in mono it would be later engineers would kind of turn it into stereo without kind of any the way you fucking add, oversight like, 3d onto shit now <coughs> they, even though it wasn't filmed in 3d i hate it makes my skin crawl and they would so one i think because it was like stereo was this new thing i think maybe the style at the time was that a complete channel separation which is not what they do now at all um you know i don't know like the channel the complete channel separation i just don't think makes a whole lot of sense it provides a very fucked up listening experience versus using something more um subtle to give more of like a three-dimensional sense to the music yeah well and but but more than that is these engineers they would do weird things like use different takes when they mixed it or like wouldn't forget to add a certain effect that the they added in a studio to the so like when you hear the mono versions it's actually kind of like some of the songs are actually have like big differences yeah, so it's not just the panning. 
right. of the it's sound. Right, it's actually... Like, for example, in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I love that we're recapping all this. It's <laughs> so fucking awesome. Do we want, just want to punch in the old episode now? or? Yeah, go back and listen to, I don't know, you have to search for it. But, <laughs> I don't even Yeah, know. but like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the John's voice in that had like this super flange added to it. It's not there when we think of that song, because we only hear the stereo versions. Um, in... Uh, I'm only sleeping. There's a completely different backwards guitar take used in the mono version. In uh, in um, the Sgt. Pepper's reprise, there's there's some differences in the vocals and everything else in that. In the uh, She's Leaving Home, they actually um, on the mono version they they actually increased it a half step. So in essence, they played it slightly faster to increase everything a half step. Why? Um, so I've listened to it that way, and I think it actually sounds better. It's just a slightly faster, just is a little less draggy. It kind of works. I just mean, why change it? Or well, why? They, I don't know. I can't skip that step. Yeah, why skip it when they went to? Yeah, when they went to do the the, the stereo version again. The explanation that I've heard multiple times is. Like, it was just done by, like, engineers. Like, the mono version, the album producer and the Beatles were there supervising it, working on it with their own hands, with their own ear. You know, whereas then it was like, okay, we're done. Let's go have have a beer. And then it was just, like, later on down the lines, these audio engineers were just like, okay, here's, like, the master tapes. Here's, like, this handwritten note that says what we're supposed to do to it and let's like okay mix this album for stereo sure handwritten note but there had to be some oversight and obviously they had the original recordings as reference so like what the fuck i can't answer that that i mean that makes a hell of a lot of sense (laughs) but if you google you can hear examples of the differences and it's shocking especially you know you think you've heard these beatles songs forever and they're timeless and then you hear it, the mono version, like, wait a minute, like, our whole lives have been a lie. It's this like, is the album the Beatles actually produced. That's another gut pull. It's a, yeah, it is a gut pull. It actually kind of rips out some of the right. flesh. It rips some of it out. You're left with a bit of a hole. But if I could some- say real quick, that's the way the Beatles felt when they would hear this stuff. And record companies back then just fucked with people. And they were like, so what if it was? it's the Beatles? I'm... Joe Smith and I'm assistant vice president of bullshit at Capitol Records. Ugh. And, uh, you know, this is how I think it should sound. And the Beatles would find out, you know, when it came out, that was, that shit was done to them all the time. Uh, you know, you know, well, better than I do how they hacked up their British albums into American albums. So I mean, they did the same thing with the music. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And then they have to like be riding in their car with their, daughter and it comes on the radio and they're like ah and then there was phil Spector on top of that and paul <laughs> mccartney you know oh my god he put a chorus of women's voices on the long and winding road i want to kill myself wait do we want to talk about michael jackson at all or i've been reading a lot about that yeah did i tell you that i don't know what uh, about it that there's a book there was a book that was done on michael's business dealings and how he got that catalog and paul mccartney twice 
turned down the opportunity. He was offered the songs twice and turned down the opportunity to bid both times and was not, in fact, outbid by Michael Jackson for the ATV catalog in 1985. He and Yoko talked about it, and he didn't, they both thought it was too much. Really? Yoko didn't want to go into a partnership with Paul because she still was kind of lukewarm on him then. It's five years after John died. And uh, and Paul uh, thought that uh, forty million was too much. There was also somebody said a couple other things. There's a lot of other shit that ATV owned that he didn't want, and also he was paying to buy his own songs, which uh, this book says artists tend to not want to do. Picasso didn't want to paint a painting and then have to pay to own his own painting. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, the physical tapes, sure, you own those, but the magic that's on those tapes. Right. And so, to this day, he has to pay, uh, you know, a royalty. He has to pay a rights fee to play his own song, his Beatles songs. It's got to burn him up, man. So, but, but he had the chance. He did have the chance, twice. The first time mm. was right after was shortly after John died and he didn't want to look like he was, you know, snapping up the songs for himself. And uh, then the second time he and Yoko were both offered him first and declined. Mm. 40 mil probably would have been worth it in the long run. <laughs> it's thought that they're now worth 2 billion. Jesus. Well, ATV also has a bunch of other songs. They have, Bob Dylan, they have uh, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. They have other people, too. There's only like 260 Beatles songs. I'm not sure that's the right number, but it's something like that. Guess who owns gutter balls, Brad? We do, motherfucker. I thought you were going to say the, the Michael Jackson estate. No, oh, yeah. well, not that I know of. It, it, he's Paul McCartney to- also owns a bunch of fight songs. You know Make that, right? What does that mean? Fight songs like college fight in Irish, that kind of shit. Uh huh. (laughs) Okay. So every time they play it in a stadium for a game, he gets 10 cents. Correct. (laughs) I think he also owns on Wisconsin (coughs) and, uh, he owns the buddy Holly catalog. And the whole thing happened because he was showing back when he was big pals with Michael Jackson he Michael was over for dinner one night in London, and afterwards Paul whips out this gigantic printout right. of all the songs he owns and shows them to Michael. It was his idea. Well, that's yeah. So then he, Michael he at least planted the, the seed, right? It's just something you do, perhaps, when you're one of like you know. <laughs> excuse, excuse me, <laughs> but you know when you're one of the. I don't know what the word is, right? Like premier players in in the music industry, right? You just start to like collect songs. It's like happy birthday. I think I'll like to add that to my collection. How much is it going for? Let me put in an offer. That just entered the public domain. Did you see about that? I heard about it. Is it true though? Yes. That the court said to some company that was claiming rights on it for years, bullshit. Legal, the legal ruling on that, the technical term, 
is bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. Legal <laughs> bullshit. Uh, and happy birthday to you is a public song now. So finally, we don't have to have those awkward moments in movies where it's like, that. why aren't they singing happy yeah. birthday? Here's why are some they more interesting. For, he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> right. Here's some more interesting stuff about Paul McCartney. A, in Britain, cop songs become the public domain after 50 years. And so Beatles songs written in 63 and 64 are entering the public domain. And, and in the U.S., after 56 years, no matter who owns your songs, the rights revert to the songwriter. So Paul is going to get his songs from ATV in five years when they are... 56 years old. So he'll have please, please me back. Right. Great. Right. Yeah. He'll John, be 77. Oh, sorry. Damn but it. they were Lennon McCartney, so they're all his. So he'll get 50%. That's right. Yoko gets the other half. Right. It's a fair compromise. She'll be and then when does it enter the public domain in the I United States? That's a good question. It may never. I think it has to be un published or unused something like that there has to be some kind of usage people like columbia has been uh releasing some of dylan's obscure stuff to keep the copyright going or something i it's yeah a little complicated for me yeah i was under the impression again these laws change so often it's hard to keep up but like something Maybe because in like the early 21st century, they made some changes that while it technically didn't say this, it was kind of de facto, like nothing would no nothing would enter the public domain anymore. Because of like, there's also copyright, like then that makes it sticky somehow, right? Right. Well, you know, copyright is the issue, right? Like, what is the copyright? Like, what can right. you copyright? There like, is if no. I copyright something. Can I own that forever? And again, we have these content companies lobbying heavily to change those rules and they do extensions. So even though when, you know, something was created, let's say 70 years ago, right? So the whole idea of copyright is the fact that it would promote people to actually create stuff and create a more vibrant society. Fine. I'll just go with that for now. But like to retroactively say, well, no, we're going to keep this stuff that's already created under copyright, like it's already created. You're not retroactively making the 1930s, you know, a more vibrant content <laughs> business -y decade. Well, how do you know you're not there? It's true. Well, well that's where you get into now and super now. Are we talking about now or the super now that it kind of transcends that? Cause the 1930s that we know is different than the 1930s that's currently happening. Well, that's true. Simultaneously, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not shitting you, folks. Please elaborate, Brad. Well, right now, 1930s is also happening. When? Like, if I'm going to time travel from now to the 1930s, I'm not going to go to the 1930s that happened 70 years ago that I, that we all are familiar with. I'm going to go to the 1930s that are happening now. Were you getting caught up on your, uh, like getting a head start on the Back to the Future 2 uh, anniversary coming up tomorrow? No, I'm not. Although. Because, okay. you know, Doc Brown did a pretty good job of that. We cannot travel. You know, we'll be traveling back along a slightly different 
yeah timeline but so the question is what's truly now is now now or is now just the 70 years previous from the year 2085 and i don't know we can't really tell unless we can move one we can kind of perceive up where we are from now into the super now so super now where are you getting this term well, it's more now than now. It's like a super now. Did you invent this term? Yes, I did. That's I will say very proudly. I did invent that term. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I thought you had it from some, you know, highbrow talk that you were at or some shit. No. You made that. I made it up. Holy shit, man. So the super now is 2085. No, well, I don't know. But we can it's never something. experience it or don't now, know what it is. Now could technically also be the same as the super now for us. How could we determine it? We, I we don't can't, know how I guess. we could determine it. The only way that we could determine it is if someone from the future came back in time to us. And we know at the very least, wherever they came from exists in the future. Then... So they came, let's say, 10 years back. I know we're no longer in Super Now. Super Now is at least 10 years ahead, but it could also be anywhere else. That's the only way I would know. For, like, for sure, yeah. I mean, granted, there could be some, yeah. That's all I know. Now it goes back to that William Gibson story, too. Like, you know, which which timeline are you traveling on? Yeah. You know, so the, we, the future that people in the 1930s predicted and imagined isn't what happened, but maybe it does exist somewhere else. That's kind of it, only in, only in reverse. Right, in reverse. Yeah. So we talk a lot about time and the effect of time. It stalks us. So... I don't know. Maybe this, I, I don't know. This kind of got to me a little bit because I know, yes, you mentioned Back to the Future and much Ballyhoo is being made of the fact that this week, I think it might be tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Is the day that Marty McFly traveled 30 years into the future. Well, Doc Brown first. Yeah. Well, well, the end in Back to the Future 2, this is where they went. They went to tomorrow. Right. We kind of have hoverboards. Kind of. Kind of. We uh No Mr. Fusion. No Mr. Fusion. That's probably the biggest disappointment. Yes, what if maybe <laughs> saved our planet? Possibly. Too late. Instead now. of us continuing to rely on crippling fossil fuels that are destroying our ecology. Yep. Um no flying cars. No holographic jaws that comes out of the no Jaws 5 or 6 <clears throat> or 7 for that matter or 8 through 10. But there is a Star Wars, <clears throat> new Star Wars movie on the horizon. So at least there's that. Uh, have That's we all something seen someone what? from 1985 would be really into. Oh, yeah. Hell it's yeah. 30 years later, but finally, finally Han Solo's back on the big screen. Finally, we get another Star Wars movie for the first time in 30 years. Everybody's seen the trailer, I assume? Yes. I love how you just don't even reference the prequels. What? Camilo, you've seen the trailer? No. Oh. 
I wanted to see it on the big screen. I haven't seen it on this big screen yet. Big screen, you mean like your iPad instead of your phone? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, now it's less resolution. I think he means is uh, 6 plus. Just hold it really close to your face. Okay. You're really holding out for that? You won't watch it? It was just last night, wasn't it? It's been 24 hours. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. Jesus, man. Fucking movie that's going to come out in, what, three months? Mm, yeah, a little over two months. Two months. Great. Yeah, and the I'll, thing I'll, is, I'll look two at weeks it after the movie is done, it's just going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Another movie. It was another movie. It was really good. I don't the, know. Uh, but, so here's, okay, back to the future. Yep. I this never understood someone, that. This is how someone I saw on the internet today framed this, and it kind of hit me. I was if, probably 20 years old till that title made sense to me, and I understood what it meant. Back to the Future? It never made sense to me. Maybe not 20. I was they probably even say 15. it in the movie. I know. We gotta We've go got back. to send you back to the future. Back to the... What does that mean? I don't get it. I was not a bright child. Well, I think it... I mean... So if I can like attempt to de- defend you a little bit, right? Please, somebody's got to gotta. the future. Like it almost isn't a word that you try to understand the individual meanings of the words in that phrase. It's just its own thing. Back to the future. It just means Marty McFly in a red vet, red vest, like going back to the. Fi- it's just that movie. Yeah, I think that. You don't true. like Star Wars. You don't try to break it down. You don't try to actually think of the Star Wars as. The word star and the word wars. Battles up in space. Like, it's the stupidest title. It's pretty bad. It's the stupidest title for that franchise. Superman. Super now. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. No, super now's cool, though. Superman's kind of stupid. Super now is cool. What? Anyway, the way this guy framed it (laughs) that that gave me, that kind of hit me a little bit is... That after tomorrow, all of Back to the Future takes place in the past. Oh, man, shut up with that shit. (laughs) It's not a fun way to put it. No, I didn't think it would be a fun way. I'm sorry if I gave that impression. You didn't really give that impression. I just didn't think you'd really bring the whole thing down like that. I I don't feel like playing those games tonight about time. We're dealing with a significant gut pull here. Haven't we yeah, been gut, a gut pulled pull. enough? We've talked about the gut pull. Should we play the minute? The audience can hear the gut pull. Although seeing the gut pull is really a big part of it. But we can talk. Let's talk. We can then we can talk a little more about this gut pull. All can right. I, can I say one thing? Certainly, sir. Uh, this moment for me, the first time I the first time I saw the movie, this was the most memorable moment in it but i also laughed a lot i thought it was hilarious at the time uh but poignant as well but for me for a long time when i had only seen this movie once this was the most memorable scene in the entire movie let's find out what that scene is let's do that and then i want to delve deeper into that with uh camilo here we go mortal remains to the bosom of the Pacific Ocean, which you love so well. Good night, sweet prince. 
shit, dude. I'm sorry. Goddamn wind. Goddamn it, Walter. You fucking asshole. Dude, I'm sorry. It's a fucking travesty with you, man. I'm sorry. It was an accident. What was that shit about Vietnam? Dude, I'm sorry. What the fuck does anything have to do with Vietnam? Dude, I'm what sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? Dude, I'm sorry. So there's the gut pull. T- tell us a little bit more about that. So f- first things first, I don't remember if you, yeah, you did tell us where and when you saw this the first time, but give us a, just a quick refresher on where and when you were, who, who you were with, and then delve into a little bit of this scene and why it had an impact on you. Me? Camilo. Yeah? You. Uh, Talking to you. I saw it in a theater when it first came out. I was extremely excited. It was the movie after Fargo. You know, who could who could wait to see the next Coen Brothers classic? Probably the same people who don't give a shit about a new Star Wars trailer, but go on. Okay. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Uh, and uh, I can almost certainly say that I was with whoever I was dating at the time, and we saw it and liked it, and that was that. And it did They not... all tend to run together, can't really remember, not important. Well, I recall that I didn't like it as much as Fargo the first time. And uh, uh, I just didn't, I didn't appreciate it the first time. Sure. Me either. So, uh, but this scene, you appreciated this scene. I... Laughed and laughed. I thought it was the funniest thing. So, so me. you were laughing at at the fact that the ashes blew back in the dude's face. Correct. Uh, I don't think that I was emotionally invested in Donnie uh, to be, uh, you know, moved by his death. And also, at this no, point, I would go with. I would, I would agree with that. I, and I also, at this point, he's been dead for a few minutes. They've already, you know, had the discussion of the the body and stuff. And, uh, so it was just, and I thought a, a memorably hilarious moment of, you know, uh, burial rights gone wrong and, uh, an attempt to do something dignified wound up all over the dude. And I just thought that was Fucking hilarious. No, and I it, would agree with that. I agree with that too. It is I, hilarious, but it's that kind of awkward, uncomfortable hilariousness that like Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm do really well. A, a so little bit. Not like a laugh out loud hilarity to me, but maybe, Brad, maybe we've been doing this movie too long and we forget. Like, no, 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 no. So let me. I mean, because I will say, so so my gut pull has nothing to do with the ashes per se. It's okay. the loss of Donnie, right? And it's not the loss of Donnie either. No? It's Walter's vulnerability. It's Walter's vulnerability, which you do not expect to come out here. It's suddenly so it's and again, because the the ashes is such a slapstick kind of thing. Right. That is funny. Right. But then it kind of switches. You know, again, you have this kind of boiling point and this reconciliation with these two characters here, right? And again, Walter sees it, and it's not, and it's not played off for laughs. And he's not like, "Oh, that's for sure." You know, 
you know, he can make some some other joke about Vietnam. He's like honestly sorry. remorseful and very right. sorry, you right. know. And again, he's kind of like fucked a lot of shit up throughout this movie. Everyone has. This the dude, this is kind of the last straw for him. And again, it's an emotionally kind of tense moment too cuz they are trying to do this kind of, you know, uh burial rights kind of thing. Something he just explodes at the at right. Walter. The dude fucking finally God damn it, you're a right. fucking asshole. Why is everything got to be a fucking travesty with you, man? He's like pushing him back. And the and and Walter's reaction is just again, he's just like, "I'm sorry. It was an accident. I'm sorry." He just like yeah. kind of hangs his head down. "I'm sorry." Walter offers sorry. the dude an apology six pack. He says it six times. Yeah. Like and again, that that moment of Walter, like, oh, that's the part where I'm just like, okay, Walter, who was pretty much just this bombastic comedic character, they're giving him this moment of something else. Humanity, I guess. Yeah. Exposed humanity. And again, it's this thing the Coen brothers do where they, and especially toward the end, they'll put this little weird hook in the movie to be like, oh, yeah, by the way something right like here's this how we're turning this into like a slice of life so um they kind of baited us into that too it's like they get us with a little bit of slapstick and you expect it to be played for laughs and then it's not yeah but again as a fan so i will say i'm without a doubt you know a huge fan of walter sobchak because i think a lot of people are and i think this moment is just so necessary to kind of Give that other facet to him. Rounds out his character, doesn't it? And again, yeah. And again, the way the movie just kind of moves and shifts between tones. We've talked about that. Like, between, like, kidnapping and threatening castration to the Jesus to, you know, mods, uh, you know, art. where all these different things. Actually that finding a here. severed toe. Finding an actual shit severed toe. Yeah, shit got real. Again, talking about a wood chipper, right? There's an actual severed toe in here. It's not just completely fun and games. Um, but I this think- is another one of these facets, these, these switches that they do here on you, where they suddenly give this moment of... Yeah, I don't know what to, what the right word is. I want to say tenderness. It's not really tenderness. It's not like the... I mean, it kind of becomes that, right? Again, the dude, it kind of explodes, and then... Eventually, it ends with them kind of hugging it out a little bit, even though the dude's still kind of pissed off, but kind of pissed off in the way, like, I'm pissed off at you, even though I can't love you kind of thing. Didn't you say poignant? Didn't poignant you is good. Term? Yeah, poignant I think that's a good. real good term. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's poignant. I think it's yeah. made possible because it's the first time Walter has ever admitted he was wrong. He's always defiant any other time that he seems to have fucked up. He's still chin up. Well... You know, I did go my way. Right. Am I wrong? Right. And so <laughs> f- here, finally, for the first time, after, uh, you know, a whole movie of defiance, he's apologetic. He's and, sorrowful. You know, he's been right, though. Like, even when you think he's not right. Yeah, I mean, yes and no to that up. question. To, to which question? Him being right. I disagree. What, what's he been wrong about? He was wrong. About I mean, his whole scheme with the ringer, yeah, was insane. It was insane, but like, as Granted, far as the nihilists know, she quote unquote kidnapped herself, right? The, Even though she didn't really do that, she just kind of disappeared for but a while. The result was the same. The nihilists, the kidnappers, got an empty thing. 
So the result was the same. He was right. You know, well, the result is the same because he threw a ringer for a ringer. But at the same time, he was wrong. From the that's not the super now. The super now is when he's right. But at the time when he was being criticized, he was wrong. Listen, you can live in the now all you want. This I think I live in the super. Really putting my head through the cheese grater. (laughs) (laughs) All you little now people. All about the now. It's about the super now, man. You'll see someday. Well, no, you know what? You probably won't. That's the sad part. There is no line between here and there. He was right. You're sweating the details, man. It's just the stress talking. He was wrong to pull a gun on Jesus. On, uh, not, uh, Smokey. Smokey, right. Well, they do enter the next round, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he wasn't Am wrong. I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> he was they were penalized they were penalized by the league and he was he was penalized morally they were not penalized by the league yeah that is the confusion well that's one of the unsolved mysteries of right. Lebowski what about that message that says you know tells the dude that they are penalizing him well, he doesn't just, say they're penalized he just says like we're going to investigate yeah. and you know, having a pulling a loaded firearm during league play does contravene a number of the bylaws, but <laughs> they didn't get, you know, they, they got to the semis. A stranger is about to show back up because they're in the semis. Although I don't know how they're going to fare without their, you know, their bowling ringer. I think Donnie was their, <coughs> their ringer. <coughs> anyway. Their ringer? He wasn't eligible? <laughs> Think Donnie wasn't legally on the team? There's this is really the first time. Should I call nine one one? Wow. I think it came up. That's just old snot hacking on a bone. Anyone listening should call nine one one. Uh shit. At any time. No, now, I just, or in the future or the super now. I just mean When you hear this call nine one one. Donnie always got strikes. Like he he was there. He's the ringer. Maybe slightly different definition of a ringer there, but like he's like, you know, their secret weapon type of ringer. I see. I think he was their ace in the hole. He was probably the best. The dude never fucking bowls after all. We never see him bowl. Yeah, we never see him, so we really have no idea. He could be bowling three hundreds. <laughs> Maybe. Ringer typically connotes someone who is not a legal member of a team. Well, you yeah, and your nefarious activities would know more to be about that. Really sucky, right? And then right. gets on. Yeah, there's usually some type of uh, sneakiness involved with being a ringer, right? Gotcha. Well, not a ringer then. Ace in the hole. How about that? <clears throat> They're star player. It's star player, sure. You can tell even when like Smokey's team, he's like, "Woo! I'm throwing rock snake. You guys are dead in the water." And they're all just like, this guy's killing us. They're all demoralized. Well, are they even able to play with uh, just with, two people? I don't know how Is they it do like it. two people and then there's an alternate or something like that? Could be, because remember when Walter brings Thurston, like he pulls the gun right away and then they leave. The dude and Donnie have been there. They're, right. He's 20 minutes late. They must already be playing. So maybe he was the alternate. Maybe they alternate the alternates. 
<clears throat> How do you pronounce the name of the uh, the name on the back of the dude's shirt? Uh, well, now I'm not so sure that you asked because I feel like it's a trick question. <laughs> it's, it's pretty straightforward. I would say Medina Saad. That's what I would have said. Not that I understand. Talking about trying to understand what words mean together. I have <laughs> theories, but I'm not 100% sure what that means. I think it's a Saad company in Medina, Arizona. I believe it's in Orville, Ohio, if I was to guess. Oh. Why do you, why do you guess that? Oh, trick questioner. So it's the, a, it's the, an actual... There's a town in Ohio called, and they pronounce it Medina. Medina. Yeah, Medina, Ohio. And there's Medina Sod Farms. Now, this is according to Lebowski Podcast, which came out... Prior to ours, but this was a post from them from November of 2011. It says, for those of you more detailed-oriented achievers, you'll remember one of the dude's bowling shirts saying Medina Sod on the back. While most of us pronounce it as Medina, it's actually a reference to a business in Orville, Ohio. There's also Medina, Ohio, and that town is pronounced Medina, which is also how Medina Sod Farms is pronounced. The shirt the dude wears is a real shirt from a real bowling team back in the 1960s and belonged to Art Meyer. At some point, Art's shirt ended up in a secondhand store where it was bought by the film's costume designer. I would assume this refers to Mary Zoffries or one of her staff. This is according to a blog post from LebowskiPodcast.com. We can put it in the show notes. You be the judge. But I don't know. I'll buy it for a dollar. There. Put it in there. Um, yeah. So feel free to discuss, oh, listeners. Right. And they seem to have a, uh... There's a website? Well, there's a website for the Medina Sod, or Medina Sod, excuse me. 14349 Burton City Road, Orville, Ohio. It's been Another noted. stop on the Lebowski tour. Yeah, been noted for quality turf grass for more than 50 years. You'd think they'd mention it somewhere on their website, by the you, way. right. When, when As they, featured in the Coen Brothers classic, The Big Lebowski. Like, at least throw it as a little joke question in the FAQ section. Well, did you search the FAQ? I did. No no dice, huh? No dice. Hmm. Well, maybe, like, they, they kind of did their due diligence, and they came <laughs> to the conclusion that, like, they're a turf grass <laughs> company. Like, having Lebowski fans tromping through their turf grass not only are they not gonna buy turf grass but now they got people tromping all over their product yeah it just wasn't gonna do them any good to reference that it's probably true <clears throat> it's like the people who own jackie treehorn's mansion there like they, they're just some people who you know they own that place they don't want people knocking on the door constantly i don't like it when anybody knocks on my door I hate it. So that just no good was going to come of it. That's my assumption, man. That's just like my assumption, man. That's what happens in like the slightly alternate universe of the Big Lebowski. They wrote it just a little differently. It's like the Back to the Future 2 version. Right. It's when, the, well, it's the whole Biff, like butterfly effect. When Biff sits down to watch the Big Lebowski, it's like, that's just like your assumption, man. And you're like, what kind of fucked up world is this? 
I actually do have some notes here, like about the movie. Not too many, but if you wanted to. Sure. Lay one on us. I'd love it if you'd give us notes. (laughs) So, (laughs) sticking with Walter's vulnerability and, and humanity, when he dumps out Donnie's ashes, they all blow back onto the dude. He kind of looks down at his shirt and goes, oh, shit. Like, he got a little bit, like, just a sprinkle mm-hmm. of it on his shirt. Oh, shit. And <laughs> kind of wipes it off. And movies are about mysteries and surprises. And then he turns around and gets surprised because the dude is just covered in it. It's just one of those little things. Like, he could have just closed the coffee can back up and turned around and been like, right. oh, shit. But instead he's like. Oh, he looks down like kind of wipes wipes himself well, off. Yeah. The well, you needed bit. the kinetic unfolding of 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 his attention moving step to step. And it would be he he can't just turn around and do it. Would not be aesthetically pleasing. Do you know what else makes it aesthetically pleasing even more so and makes it a little more visceral? What's that? Right after. We're in the audio notes section now. Right after he dumps the ashes, I'll go flying back on the dude. He just takes a huge gulp of air. He just inhales deeply. Who does? Walter. And you're just like, ugh. And that, you know, it makes that connection. It reminds you, like, the dude cannot do that. Right. right. He's probably afraid to breathe. That whole idea of all. breathing. Right. Yeah. When you have human dust all yeah. over yourself. It even says in the um, subtitles, inhales. inhales. It's such a significant, it's such a significant uh, inhalation. And you know, that just reminds you, like, the dude cannot do that right now. Imagine if he did that. It makes your mind race and... Makes those little connections that make the movie extra good. Be snorting Donnie. Snorting Donnie. That's the sequel. (laughs) It's actually like a side quill. It's the fanfic. It's my Walter (laughs) dude S&M fanfic that's taking the nation by storm right now. Where they finally are sick of the shit and they take Donnie's ashes and they start snorting them. They go on a kill crazy rampage against everybody who's wronged them in this movie. Yep. What was the movie where they snorted somebody's ashes? Jesus, where you been spending your nights, Camilo? There was one. Or maybe it was a case I worked. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, so funny. Shit, I don't know, man. I, I feel like now I'm googling there, snorting human remains. Uh, there is Great. some. I know some. And uh, first link the story's is going to come to me. Is it dangerous to inhale human remains? Slate dot com. Earlier uh, this week, Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones announced that he once snorted a mixture of his father's ashes. That's what it is. Yes, cocaine. that's where it, it is. It says I, right here. I read his. I read his autobiography. That's where I remember. I, I have. Three, three links in my Google search that come up in a row. First is the Keith Richards colon. I really did snort my father's ashes. Then it says, "quote I did snort my father's ashes, but only a little bit." Admits <laughs> Keith Richards. Then Richards, Keith Richards colon. My daughters can snort my ashes. 
<laughs> so right. <laughs> that's so that's how it is in that family. <laughs> oh my goodness. Keith Richards. That's his new name from now on, Brad. Good job. You got Super now and Keith Richards. There you go. Your work here is done, my friend. Two packs, two two packs, two packs. <laughs> former bandmates say they smoked his ashes. I opened up Pandora's backs with this whole uh, Medina thing, didn't ashes I? Ashes to ashes, snort to snort. <laughs> two pack. He's a two pack. I they smoke a six two, pack. They smoke two packs of two pack. I sound like I've been smoking two packs. That's is that what they did? They said they smoked them, right? I hope so. That's what it says. Smoked a couple of packs of two pack. <laughs> they, my daughters, can snort my. <laughs> oh fuck! Okay, just having them sit on the mantle. Well, who wants it now? So, whose my, ashes are these in here? By the way, Adam, I'm going through your shit as a good PI always does. I was just gonna mention that those are my stepdads. What's left of them? Yikes. And uh, so... See what kind of lines they make here. Well, you might want to chop them up a little bit. A little, little messy. Bit. A little messy. Yeah. Get them nice and fine. Yeah. When my mom, you might know her, her name's Christine, was, uh, we finally got my grandfather, her dad, back. You wouldn't know him. His name was Paul, because he's been dead a while. They got his ashes back. So he donated his body to science. They're done with that shit. And it's like, you know, burn them up. Here's the ashes. And they went out mm. to like spread them, like kind of dump them, I guess. He uh-huh. had a he had a plot, like in a cemetery. Like, here's your plot. But like mm-hmm. he got burned up. He's just some ashes. Well, sometimes people will cremate and then bury the ashes in a plot. Yeah, that's all right. So I guess they were just trying to do way that. To do it. But it was the middle of the winter. So it's like you know, trying to dig, like, ting, you know, ting, you can't get through the ground. It's like, oh, shit. They got, like, a tiny little hole, and they kind of dumped them, and they just kind of spread everywhere, just like this. This is something that happens. This, like, uncontrollable chaos of human dust. It's such a regular thing that happens. That now I don't know if you're getting these links I'm sending you, but please, if if you do, please click on it. All right, won't you? <sighs> this is Brad. I told you I had something for you. This okay. is what I had for you. It's a little long. You can fast forward to like like forty five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> This is this for real? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's Send makes it sense. <laughs> Send it to so me this before is you a die. Guy talking about how he had to spread it's the ashes <laughs> of a friend. Oh, you're on a, and he wasn't sure how to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll and it sounds yeah. like he had an experience similar to the dude. And Walter, where it's just like you have this coffee can, this receptacle full of ashes, and you just dump it. And it's like, all like, oh, right, I just dumped like the, a, a pile of ashes onto the ground. I got a worse story than that. 
Uh, oh, here, I sent it to you if you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, so this are... guy invented this, like, blower. <laughs> where you can just, like, you turn a switch and it blows the ashes out. You know, it's it sounds like it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It it's something you need. Sense. And this yeah. video, though, this site you said, it looks like he's like looking for funding because then it has all this business stuff, like how it has no competition. It's new to market. Right. For the low, low price you of know. whatever. Yeah. You in the United States alone, those industries generate more than 17 million in revenue. Angel Air is fully U.S. patented and trademarked. Oh, my goodness. But I if mean, you it's search- kind of like I feel bad making fun of it in a way, but at the same time, like. I'm not really making fun of the product. It's just the whole spectacle of it. Same reason Camilo was laughing at the spreading of Donnie's ashes. Right. You can search on YouTube and there's shit tons of. <coughs> like parodies? Remixes? Not parodies, like not shit tons. There's a video that has shit tons of examples of people like using them out in the wild, whether it's with actual human remains or not. Can't really tell you. So speaking of funny, I have this friend, and he was he was in New York City. I can't remember if he was visiting me or not, but he had his father's ashes with him, and his car got broken into, and they stole his father's ashes. They didn't steal the car? <laughs> no, they stole the ashes and some other shit out of the car, but... Uh, I well, hear it's that probably stuff gets in some hella. fancy box or urn, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. They don't know what it is. It's like, oh, this looks valuable. Right, grab it. I bet this stuff will get and you high. I think they tossed it a short distance away. Oh, Jesus. Did he, like, go? Did he, like, not sc- funny. <laughs> did, he, did he scoop as much as he could back I don't into know. it? It's fucking New York in the 80s, man. It was probably just swallowed up by the. Urine no. was the least of your worries. Right. Oh, that's awful. Oh, I don't know why that story makes me laugh. Well, God. you just really like, uh, you're very entertained and tickled by stories involving human cremated <laughs> remains. That's right. <laughs> Anytime you can, you know, I could work in a mausoleum fun. and just be. Happy as a clam. At the solemnity of right. human frailty, you are all over that shit. Correct. Welcome to Cremation Stories with your host, Camilo. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, an uproarious tale. Except he won't be able to get through it because he'll just be laughing his ass off the whole time. Let's a see. glorious tale of a 500-pound man who required three different burnings to reduce him to the necessary ashes. A whole fleet of angel heirs. <laughs> hey, in 2009, CNN Money named Medina the 40th most desirable American city to live in. Bet you didn't know that. Everybody knows that. I got another audio note. Halfway exactly... No. This might be a revisit, actually. I don't know if I ever mentioned this. It's halfway through the previous minute. There's a goose. You can hear a goose. A Canada goose. It'll be at like 147.30. Yeah, it was definitely last minute. In the middle, of his, see. In the middle of his eulogy? Or just before it, maybe? No, it, might, it must be during his eulogy. Yeah. 
But apparently this is a migratory route for them. Southern California in the fall. And this is presumably around, you know, probably around this time of year, actually. Yeah. So well, the ever- movie's opening scene was September 11th. So right. I know we've got, we don't need to, we've re- revisited Beatles and Mono. I don't know if we need to revisit the, <clears throat> the ins and outs of this timeline. No, no. And how long or how short time may have passed here. I don't know. There's any way to actually, to actually narrow it down too much. It's well, fall. Me, yes. I was going to, uh, ask, was there any prior indication that Donnie really had was a surfer? Did that been mentioned at any point in the movie prior to that? No. Do we believe it? He doesn't exactly look the surfing type. Well, if you compare him to his peers, he might. I mean, I imagine something like he maybe has tried surfing a couple times. Or right. maybe he went through a surfing phase as a young man, and he's probably told these guys like a story once about how something he did involving surfing. Walter and it's said, the Shut one the thing up. they can think of to actually, since no one ever pays attention to anything he's saying anyway. Right. It's like the one kind of thing that they might remember. Right. It's like, what, what do we say about Donnie? Well, we know he's a bowler. He was a good man right. and a bowler. He and like they probably young, even like, got got the whole <laughs> surfing Vietnam thing people. wrong. Right. Like he didn't say he was a surfer. He said, <coughs> I'm a Sufi Muslim. Or I really liked that movie Point Break. Yes. Or, you know, they were probably talking about Breaking Point and he was getting it wrong like he usually does. And he was like, Point Break, Keanu. Love it, but no. When did that movie no mention, come out? No mention of him being a surfer. But if you can, if you put him next to Walter, the dude, Smokey, the Jesus, isn't he the most surfer esque of all of them? Sure. I mean, I, I perhaps, but I mean, I think the fact that there was never a mention of a surfing, there was never a clue, even minor, because usually you do that, right? You set things up. You need. To, so I think the fact that there's no reference to him being a surfer is very intentional. Well, sure. But why? Because he was, and we just don't know anything about him because they never gave him the time of day or let him get a word in edgewise? Or because, I don't know. Like, why? Why didn't they mention it? Because he wasn't a surfer. That's one He didn't even love the outdoors. He burned real easily, man. He gets one look at some nihilists and has a heart attack. Now, oh, breaking point, to be fair, he was there was a signal of that even before the nihilists showed up. True, true. He left one pin standing, that and he held his arm. Traumatic. Now, breaking point is not a surfing movie, though. So Donnie was wrong about that. You know, in the uh, super past, where he was getting Point Break confused with Breaking Point. His breaking point is a dramatic tale of corruption and self-realization starring Tom Berenger, Busta Rhymes and Armand Assant. Hmm. Who, if you asked me, I would have to say Armand Assant is probably the rich man's Jeff Fahey. Wouldn't you think? Asante. Asante. Is that yes. how you say it? Yes. 
I I do need to give you um, a note on nomenclature, Adam. Yeah, go ahead. It is not super past. The correct nomenclature is super major then. (laughs) Major then. You got a million of them tonight. Major then. I'm writing that one down. That's a good one. Well. So, yeah, anything else we got? Shit, boys. Um, there's a slight sparrot. What the fuck are you talking about? The dude does sparrot that out at Walter, but that's kind of a, everybody says that all the time, so. Yeah, it's a minor sparrot. Minor sparrot there. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I got. I I do beseech you to, especially you, Camilo, to look on YouTube for images of Angel Air. Um, in particular, and uh, people just spreading ashes in general. I think you'll really get a kick out of it. <laughs> it does sound entertaining. Yeah. See, you're gonna, already you're tomorrow already morning. Camille is just going to be like pale, wide eyed. Oh. <laughs> he can't look away. I was up all night looking at ashes websites. <laughs> if, if you get out your binoculars and you stare out over the Pacific Ocean towards Catalina Island, you'll see him. You'll see him out there. Camilo's out there. Spreading ashes. ashes. Thunder junkie. We know Major Tom's a junkie. From the back Strung of the poop deck. Next time on Gutterball.